Welcome to Red Cedar Ranker. Uh, I'm your host, Ed Glazer, the general manager of the Impact MSU Student Radio, and I'm joined by my co-host. Didn't we upgrade you last time? You did upgrade me, uh, although I don't believe my six-month evaluation came in. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remember that piece. Yes, I'm glad you didn't remember my six-month evaluation. Mr. Dr. Stephen Fletcher, welcome to the program, oh, sir. Oh, thank you very much. How are you today? I figured I'd ask. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Oh, very good. Yeah, and yeah. we we're quite fortunate to have with us Ms. Kat Cooper. Hello. Uh, and she is the communications manager for the Office of the Vice President for Auxiliary Enterprises. Yep. And occasionally Catwoman. <laughs> but you have to know her long enough to be yeah, able to ask her about yeah. that story. Halloween, like, what, that must have been uh, nine years ago? Ooh. Yeah, probably. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like right in That's the ballpark. a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. We were young. Foolish. Yeah. Carefree. We needed the money. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what were you for this most recent Halloween? Um, well, I had I had two costumes this Halloween. I was Wednesday Adams, mm. and mm. then I was Little Blue Riding Hood well, for mm. a second party because uh, it was in a barn without heat, and I had a blue cape and a black wig. So, is Little Red Riding Hood not going to cold barns? Um, I didn't have a red cape. I uh, had a blue cape. So. Okay. And uh, Stefan had borrowed my other cape. I was just going to yeah. say, I happen to know. <laughs> actually, actually, I own three capes. So. Why do you own so many capes? <laughs> capes are awesome. She's a fashionista, and I can confirm that yes. um, capes are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, your cape worked out for my Halloween costume. I, Thank I'm you so glad. much. I'm very glad. You look dapper in the in the Instagram photo I saw. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was, that was a great evening. <laughs> Ed, did you dress up this Halloween? I... Wore a sport coat. Does that count? You always wear a sport coat? <laughs> I don't always wear a sport coat. Sometimes I don't. But yeah, I did uh, I did wear a sport coat. That was it. Well, you wore other clothes, right? Yep. That's good Ooh. Good clarification. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I've seen that costume. Yeah. It's yeah. not pretty. No, it's no, no, not. I'm not talking I about know, you. I know, I know. I've been working general. out. I've been working out. I'm working on it, trying to get better. But it's not pretty, you're right. Thank you for the honesty. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> This is guaranteed to be the most fun uh, episode of Red Cedar Rancor in its Whoa. history yet. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. To date. No pressure. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk <laughs> about housing, food, and, quote, other matters. Other matters. Oh. Halloween being one. Okay. Yep. Now, we're, re- we're recording this. Is it okay to tell when we're actually recording this? I think so. There's no prohibition on that. <laughs> Election day, November 4th. So we may talk as if we know what's happening. We release the podcasts by podcasts we release the podcast <laughs> bi-weekly uh on mondays and we're going to try and do our best to talk as if it's whenever you're listening to it but just so you know wow it's amazing what happened on election day isn't <laughs> oh, it Oh, shocking yeah i did All not those. see that coming no Mm-mm. but the people have spoken they have that indeed. is clear <laughs> <laughs> and people have been elected to offices oh yeah yep absolutely that and they'll happened. get sworn in they in will january mm-hmm uh, we do want to be sensitive to our British compatriot. Uh, As you always are. He's not allowed to vote. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Fletcher is not allowed to vote in America, being a citizen of elsewhere. and On literally anything, I'm not allowed to vote. I'm not even allowed to vote uh, on American Idol, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no one lifted that isn't restriction? That, isn't that angry guy British, too? Uh, Simon Cowell, yeah, he's just, he's just, because he invented the show, they kind of have to allow him uh, to... But they probably don't let him call in. No, they don't allow him to call in. Uh, it's uh, undue foreign influence. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, part of that is because you have a Canadian cell phone. Uh. <laughs> I'm just starting rumors. That's not true. Anyway. Sorry, can... it's Samsung a Canadian company to you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the difference between Korea and Canada? Uh, Isn't that why Apple is 
fighting with them? No. I think we get someone from the International Student Office or a person with a map on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maps don't do well on radio. Yeah. Um, Ms. Ms. Cooper, Cat. Yes, can we yes. call you Cat? You can call me Cat. What? Tell us a little bit about what you do for the Office of the Vice President for Auxiliary Enterprises. That's a hard word to say, isn't it? It is. It's hard oh. to spell, Auxiliary. too. <laughs> uh, I've had to learn to spell it. Um, so... Venny Gore is the vice president of Auxiliary Enterprises, and so he has kind of a dual role for the university. Uh, he oversees residential and hospitality services, mm-hmm. which includes our dining, our housing, the Kellogg Center, the Breslin Center, golf, tennis, uh, the MSU Union. All of those programs report through residential and hospitality services. And then he's got kind of a, a, a side gig, I, you could Uh-oh. almost say, where Jazz musician. he, yeah, <laughs> besides that, he's very accomplished, um, <laughs> where he, he tries to help the university make connections with outside companies. You know, public-private partnerships has been a real buzzword mm-hmm. in education in the past several years, and, and it's not something MSU has a whole lot of experience in. And so Venny's been named to, the, to this position in part because of RHS the success we've had in renovating and creating new businesses. And so we've been helping with the Grand Rapids Biomedical Research Facility that's in progress. Um, Stefan sometimes hangs out with us. and um, I do. So we've always kind of got our eye on what's going on in the local government, local economy, um, and to see where we can make better connections between the university and private entities. Okay. Uh, can you just clarify? Uh, I think it is important for listeners to know. Venny is is short for <laughs> his full name, which I do oh, need you to. Pre- you're going to put me on the spot. Yes, here. I am going to put. I you can on the spot. say it, but thankfully I don't have to spell this one. Venceslas Gregory Gore. Is that one word? Venceslas. Yes, like oh, okay. good King Wenceslas. You, yeah, you sang the song. Venceslas. It's it's a very. I think it's actually technically the same name because he was born in Germany. Um, really? Yes. Uh, his father was in. Oh, gosh, I'm not going to get the right branch of combat correct. But he, he was born in, in as his dad was in the Army, the Navy, not the Navy, Army, I think. Armed services. Armed services. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The armed services. Mm-hmm. So he got a good traditional German name. Mm, okay. And so it's Vinny, not Vinny. We get yeah. lots of things addressed to Vinny. Vinny. Yeah. That's an interesting, what a cool name. Yeah. yeah. I like him. I like him that much more now. Oh. And one of the things that actually I would love to clarify is we were talking about this a little bit uh, the other day, um, RHS and REHS, the Residential Education and Housing Services. Housing Services. That's a division of... It's R- a depart- It's a unit within unit. RHS, yes. Mm-hmm. REHS, Residence Education and Housing Services, um, manages all of our residential buildings along with the University Apartments Program. And they handle... Everything from the facilities, cleaning the floors and um, making sure that residents' rooms operate correctly, you know, your light turns on when you flip the switch, to the community building that our RAs and community directors do. So a real broad range of services there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Kat, um, you mentioned the, the Grand Rapids Biomedical uh, uh, Facility, or as I called it when I had my teeth, uh, one of my teeth extracted the Grand Rapids. <laughs> uh, that, that is how you sounded, that, yes. That uh, was a terrible day last week. Uh, 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 can you talk a little bit about that project and kind of what it means yeah. for Michigan State? Because it, it's really kind of, a, I think, a glimpse into the future of the university. Right. As Michigan State has, is growing 
at the present moment, it's really important that we that we expand the number of people that whose lives we touch. And through our extension program, we have we've had offices in every single county in the state, but really establishing a presence in Grand Rapids with the Secchia Center and having our med students there has been important to that community. But it's also been really important to MSU because it's broadened the base of people who really have a relationship with the university. And so now by expanding our research, we've been doing research in Grand Rapids for as long as the Secchia Center has been around, but it's been in in someone else's building. We've been renting space. And Mm. now it's time for MSU to really have our own presence and and own a part of of that entrepreneurship that's going on in the Grand Rapids area around medical sciences. And so this is really important for the university. It it helps increase our AAU status, which is part of being um, one of the top 100 universities in the world. And it's it's just a really nice way to help grow the Michigan economy um, in an already established the medical mile there in Grand mm-hmm. Rapids in that in that area. Yeah, I was in Grand Rapids recently and noticed, um, you know, University of Michigan mm-hmm. paraphernalia. Is that the correct word in shops and that sort of thing? And I was thinking that's odd because University of Michigan is actually on the other side of the state. What's right. the connection here? It seems like MSU should be. We're I know that they, they have other universities there, Grand Valley University, Ferris. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But well, good. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stefan, did you want to do uh, your go green? Oh, sure. I'd love to do. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do my go green piece. Uh, uh, thank you for offering me first this week. Uh, so uh, I guess the, the 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 bit that I found interesting in the news, other than it being election day and me not being able to vote, that's uh, that's whatever. <laughs> that's interesting. I suppose. Uh, yeah. That's. <laughs> you uh but uh, uh was a an article in the state news yesterday that talked uh, that encouraged students to go to the city of lansing more and get out of east lansing yeah uh, and go to lansing bars lansing attractions uh, and uh, so i thought like max bar uh down in lansing cat i feel like you are an ambassador for the greater lansing region do you <laughs> do you appreciate uh, the state news is uh, what i'll say is a call to leave east lansing uh, at least temporarily <laughs> Not permanently. You know, I I was actually at a conference last week. Um, I I hosted, emceed a conference um, Mm. that brought in a lot of people who were talking about what the area could be in 10 to 15 years and really asked people to imagine what we could do if we all got together and had the same vision. And one of the hot topics was how to get students past 127. Mm -hmm. And there's that physical barrier of the highway overpass. And it seems that a lot of students never cross it. And actually, I looked at the poll on the state news and of the people who answered, a high percentage had actually ventured into Lansing, which made me very happy. Mm, And in my mind, creating a vibrant Lansing and and getting students – Lansing is vibrant. Getting students out there to see what there is – to see um, can help reduce our brain drain here in the state. So they can go and they can experience really the wonderful things there are to experience downtown and they can realize, hey, this might be a really great place to make a life. I don't necessarily have to go to Chicago or New York or L.A. or, or Atlanta to have a big city feel. I can still do that here and still have the quality of life of uh, Big Ten sports, mm-hmm. um, uh, the biggest Broadway Roadhouse in Michigan at the Wharton Center, um, the Lansing Lugnuts and all of the fun that is, uh, the capital city and, and the state government and and the wonderful resources that brings to our region. And and they can really get that experience. And, and one of the things people talked about was that Lansing gives you the opportunity to be a big fish in a small pond. Mm. And, mm. you know, we're only we're one of 50 
uh, capital cities in the nation and one of even fewer capital cities that also boasts a a huge research university as a partner. Mm -hmm. And so how does Lansing help communicate what it has to offer to young people to get them to stay here and choose to make their life here? And so I'm really encouraged to hear the state news saying, hey, get out and see what East Lan- what Lansing has to offer as well as what East Lansing has, because I think that's how we start reducing that brain drain of the state and keeping our highly educated, really successful people here. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to keep talking about Grand Rapids, but I had an opportunity a couple of years ago to participate in or actually lead some focus groups around uh, economic development and strategic planning for um, both the west side of Michigan and uh, Saginaw and the east side. And I was very impressed with just how on message people are there. Mm-hmm. And I came back from that and how it you know, wasn't the same extent in Saginaw, but um, I came back kind of thinking to myself, this, I don't know who leads that charge or who brings the kind of cohesiveness to that uh, in, in those areas, but I don't know that we have that same thing in mid-Michigan. Yeah, we're about 15 mm-hmm. years behind, 10 to 15 yeah. years behind where Grand Rapids is. And uh, one of Governor Snyder's, well, maybe he's still governor, maybe he's not. <laughs> right. uh, well, he is because he hasn't, no one else has been uh, sworn in. That's true. But um, – <laughs> One of his charges has been regionalism, and we're calling this the capital region. And mm-hmm. really, the the goal of this conference I was at, Catalyst, was to to start to solidify that vision with business people so that they can be, all be speaking the same language as they're developing their business, as they're recruiting people, um, so that we can do some of what Grand Rapids has done. Yeah, I mean, do you have any favorite Lansing uh, attractions uh, that uh, that that you frequent uh, uh, a lot? Uh, I would go for meat, uh, which is oh, a barbecue joint in in uh, Old Town. I do love all of Old Town. Uh, you know, Leopold and Bloom, the antique shop, mm-hmm. um, Grace, um, Meat Cravings, Lambsgate. All of those see me far more than than my pocketbook would appreciate. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for stimulating but, the economy. You're welcome. You're welcome. But you know. I I also enjoy Impression Five. Even as an adult, that place is dang fun. Yeah. Um, of course, local theaters. I spend a lot of time and money at uh, Riverwalk, Peppermint Creek. Um, mm. They're just Lansing has a really vibrant theater community. Mm-hmm. And what I find unfortunate about it is it's a lot of the same people going to see their friends' shows. Mm. And I'd really like to see more local people get involved not from an acting or producing or set building standpoint but just going to see live theater we talk about shopping Mm -hmm. local and um, buying local products why not get your entertainment locally as well Mm -hmm. i was a little bummed to see a note that uh fork in the road uh, another great local uh place is uh closing they're gonna close down oh really yeah they just announced on facebook recently in my mind it probably has to be a volume problem yeah. Because their food, I couldn't eat most of it. I have an onion allergy that does not allow me uh, to dine there at all. But the couple of times that we tried to go, it was so full that we wound up being turned away. And so I have to believe that they had a volume issue. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was a lack of interest. No, no. Might I have had to do with really the gambling it. going on in the back. No, I mean, that, that, that wasn't that's That was a true. scurrilous rumor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you, did you bring a uh, a a go green item? I did. Spartan I news? did actually the other day. Slate magazine, which is an online magazine that I probably read too much of, uh, published an article in their future tense category 
uh, called It's Not Debatable, and they call out our Michigan State University's perfect response to a creationist conference on campus. Mm. Um, so national publication. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, always nice to get a little nod. And th- I found this really interesting because I remember seeing in the state news that this creationist conference was coming to campus and thinking, why, number one, why on earth would they want to be here? And mm-hmm. what the heck are we going to do? Like, what's going to happen? Are there going to be protests? Is there going to be some sort of debate? And and what is Slate is saying in this this article, and go read it, um, they'll say it better than I do, is that we had the best response because we didn't debate it. it there's not a debate to be made. It, there's no scientific proof of anything but evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not going to engage in that. And And then there were some students – um, there with an information table, but they weren't engaging in debate either. They were only there for informational purposes. And it really took the wind out of the sails of the conference. And mm-hmm. so they only had about 100 attendees, very few students. Um, and they were really gunning for um, one of our professors, um, Pennock, um, because he is he's quoted in um, the uh, Judge E. Judge John E. Jones's ruling against intelligent design mm. uh, 14 times. And so they really wanted to set up some sort of a debate with him. Mm-hmm. But you can't debate faith. You can't – because they can cite whatever they want because it – hey, I, I would count myself as, as a faith-based person, but that doesn't mean I don't believe in – um, science as well. And I think the two can live together. Yeah. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Right. But if you don't have to stick to the facts, you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And in a debate format, you can't refute that. And so I, I thought it was a really great article. And I was really proud um, of of our non-response and whoever sat down and thought, Okay, what are we going to do? Whoever whoever thought of that was really smart, and I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned this in uh, a communications class. What you know something about a communication that? <laughs> class that um, it's the difference between rhetoric and logic. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. that's uh, two very different types of argumentation, right? And um, you don't want to mix them because it doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's not how it goes. Um, speaking of national news, I'm going to, my go green thing is, I feel like this is cheating, but it doesn't matter because I'm in charge of, <laughs> of, of national news of this particular oh, moment. Wow. Uh, and plus I saw this in the state news, which I think gives it some extra credence to me. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, about our, our own radio station right here. We, uh, we were nominated for four national awards at the college music journal conference and Ooh. we, um, our music director, uh, Michelle Fagali won the Rookie of the Year Award, oh. and it's good to get that national recognition. And at the same time, uh, on the other coast, that was all going on in New York City in uh, Seattle, Washington. We were nominated for two other national awards at the College Broadcasters uh, National uh, Electronic Media Convention. Uh, we did not win either of those, but we did win Hearts and Minds. So, <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Hearts and Minds, you can't spend, but... Um, Boy, they look good in, in Valentine's Day. Uh, so you're like Jennifer Lawrence before she won an award. She got nominated and then she won the following year kind of a thing. That's what we're thinking. Yep. Yeah. We're just setting mm-hmm. you up for future success. Future, yeah. Yes. And thank you for comparing me to Jennifer Lawrence in a favorable <laughs> That will be the only time that happens. It's, it's the hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the lack of. Thank you. <laughs> nobody, in, nobody in radio can tell I don't have very much hair. <laughs> Um, so well, let's talk a little bit about your expertise. I'm also curious, how long have you been working in your position with RHS? In this position, um, 
wow, we're coming up on two years in January. Uh, I've been in this role, Mm -hmm. um, but I've been at the university in January for eight years. I started out as the marketing and sales manager of the union, Mm. and then I moved to be the communication manager of auxiliary resources, which was a department that managed the MSU union and health and safety for the division and a few other auxiliary, as the name would suggest, areas. Mm -hmm. And then when Venny was tapped to become vice president, he brought me over as his communication manager. Two years. It feels like it feels like longer. Yes- oh, I thought you were going to say only yesterday. <laughs> you mean that wow. in a good way, though? No, I do mean that in a good way because I feel <laughs> I feel like you know we we met when you were in the union, yes. I think, and then I, I don't know. I just feel like it's been longer than that. I mean, I've been working over there for what three and a bit now, so yeah, it yeah. just feels longer. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, it just it just goes to show that you do a great job of communicating. Effectively. Oh, thank Kat you. Cat communicates mostly abusively towards me. Quite <laughs> well, <a bit. laughs> but I mean, in fairness, I think that's the right way to go with you. Yeah. That's my expertise. My sp- that's your expertise. To, Stefan used to be right next door to me, and we would oh. have um, very amusing conversations. At least we thought they were amusing. I'm sure no one walking by was as amused as we were. Yeah, yeah. I have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's called this podcast. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we came to be on this this program currently. Uh, speaking of current projects, that's uh, we should Ooh, have nice a great. Segue. Thank you. We should have a great <laughs> segue you. noise. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about one of the current projects? A major current project. Major, yeah. Spartan Village. Yes. So the current Spartan Village was built after World War II, um, and it was really intended to be family housing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the number of families coming to college has decreased exponentially especially in the last five years. It's just not the same sort of market that it mm-hmm. used to be. Um, and so Spartan Village was really built for that. And it's it's kind of come to the end of its useful life. I don't know if you've been out there recently, but it, we would need to do some very, very expensive renovations in order to bring it up to current building codes. Mm. Um, and mm. that's not something that we're prepared to invest in uh, as a university. Um But we do believe very strongly in the need and the commitment of the university to family housing and housing for graduate students and international students who really do use Spartan Village as a home away from home. Mm -hmm. And so the university is committed to redeveloping Spartan Village. And we went through a pretty extensive uh, process to figure out where we should put it. And there were three sites that we considered Um, the current Spartan Village property. Um, the former Cherry Lane Faculty Bricks property, Mm -hmm. and then the former Michigan State Police Post at the corner of Harrison and Kalamazoo. And just for for clarity, the Cherry Lane or the Cherry... Cherry Lane Faculty Bricks property. That was uh, what we think of as on campus, yeah, east of uh, Harrison. East of Harrison um, on either side of Wilson. Yes, okay. And then the the other two are west of Harrison, the state police headquarters is basically across from was across from Breslin. Right. And then the Spartan Village is further south, mm-hmm. um, basically by Mount Hope. Well yeah. corner of yeah. yeah. Mount Hope and, and uh Harrison there. Oh. Um and so after that fairly rigorous process, uh, the former state police post was chosen mm. as the site where we're going to redevelop Spartan Village. And we've engaged architects, um, nationally renowned architects who are coming in to help us build not only family and student housing in that area, but also some office space. Um, Mm. Definitely residential and hospitality services will be relocating um, to that space. Currently, we're housed in in, here in in Holden Hall and in Holmes Hall and Wilson and Wonders and 
acres and we just have offices all over the university and we're mm-hmm. spending all of this time driving around mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. to each other. You know, we spend half our day in a car going to a meeting and we're losing valuable time because you got to give 15 minutes on the end of every single meeting to get where you need to go. Um, and it's also not a particularly great way to run a multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be together. We need to be able to make decisions quickly. We need to have the camaraderie and the teamwork. Not that we don't now, but being in the same place can really build that. And so um, and we're going to have some office space there that we're really excited about. And there's some other university functions who are kind of looking in joining us and, and will be willing to um, – you know, given the right price point. So we're trying to figure out what that is. And then the site is currently used for event parking for the Breslin Center, mm-hmm. a lot for basketball games and graduations and all of the – the Breslin Center hosts about 200 events every year. Mm. And so mm-hmm. we need that parking. And so there will also be event-based parking there on the site. So really a mixed-use site. It's also going to have some retail. We're hoping like a Starbucks mm. and – um maybe a market that the students who live there in the new village can utilize. We're going to expand the community center that's currently there at University Village um, to really service the families better. Uh, So they'll have more space to do events and and have kids run around, especially in our cold winters. There's some really exciting things about the site. Uh, Now, current, I don't know if you've driven past it currently. The Michigan State Police uh, site? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've driven past it. I believe some buildings were knocked down recently. Uh, there's yeah. a couple still standing out there. Yeah, there, there's a theater scene shop that that we're trying to figure out exactly what we do with. Oh. And, um, environmental health and safety, I think, has a, a building there. Oh. It, in due time, all of that will be addressed as part these, of the project. These are rental, like other or external university or nope, internal. They're, okay, they're internal to the university. Um, it's the theater department's gotcha. scene shop, and we'll mm-hmm. figure all of that out as a part of the project. But for the most part, it, it's kind of a barren wasteland and it's across from the Breslin Center which is you know the one of the crown jewels of campus in yeah. in that our basketball programs mm-hmm. are there and so it's something that people drive past a lot it, it's a place where people gather and so we really want to present the best front on that on that piece of property for people um and so that's exciting it also backs up to the floodplain the old university village was built into the floodplain, and we had to take it down several years ago uh-huh. um, when we reconstructed part of university village there. Um, but that allows for some really great community space for, <laughs> for the families and students who are going to live there. You know, we can put a soccer field in, in a floodplain. It floods once every 100 to 500 years. It's You can't build a building there, but you can certainly do a lot of other things there. Could I suggest a water park? Uh, I will take that. And <laughs> a previous suggestion of Ed's on this podcast. <laughs> I, I will take that to the committee. Yeah, sure. And let them know. Give them my cell. Okay. Yep. Can do. Can do. But certainly community gardens and sure. play space and it backs right up to the river trail, which, you know, as we were talking about earlier, is a really great connection to Lansing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a really fun, exciting, engaging place to be. And I think it's going to increase people's desire to come to MSU because they're they're going to come to to see what their housing options are there in in our retail space and they're going to see this wonderful community and I think it's going to be something that draws people to the university. So you you mentioned a market do you mean like a grocery kind of uh, well, environment or You got to have and the new Trowbridge development is going to have a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And then there's a grocery store in Frandor. So and then the new 
Whole Foods going in. So while it it's kind of in the middle of that and becomes a slight food desert, I don't think there's the population there to support a full-on grocery store. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you needed a loaf of bread, that's not something we typically carry in one of our Sparty's locations. So mm-hmm. how do we I think enhance dehydrated bread? You can you just add water. <laughs> I think I have seen that at Sparty's. <laughs> so we're going to offer some staples for people so that that they don't have to hop on a bus and go down to Trowbridge or go to Frandor, that they can get what they need uh, short term in that space. And, you know, we hope that it has fresh fruits and vegetables and all of those things that you really want your family to have. What uh, what are some of the things you've heard from, uh, you know, if you've done, like, you, you know, several consultations, et cetera, as oh, you've been yes. going through, mm-hmm. you know, what, I guess what kind of consultation have you done and what have you heard from uh, students that have attended yeah. those? We've sat down with quite a few students. Um, we've talked with students who currently live in Spartan Village. We've talked with students who are in the residence halls. We've talked with the Council of Graduate Students. Um, and really from all of them, we've heard different things because they have, as students, very different needs. From the Spartan Village students, we really heard a lot about safety mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how much they value being able to let their kid walk outside and play and not worry about them disappearing or getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that w- that's a big buzzword for us. And we really want them to feel safe. And from other students there in Spartan Village, we hear about the wonderful community that's been established, that uh, people from all over the world come together and they don't necessarily feel isolated because their next door neighbors in the same boat and doesn't know people and doesn't know where to go, don't know where to go. And so they can they can have that sense of we're in this together. And then from our our students in the residence halls, we're hearing from them that they really want this apartment experience. Mm-hmm. And once they get to be a junior, they want that a little more responsibility, a little less supervision. They they want that feeling, but they don't want to be far away from resources. They want to be able to get to campus quickly and and get be involved in all of the wonderful things going on on campus. And then we heard from graduate students that they don't necessarily want to live next door to an undergraduate student. They want they want a more quiet space. They want to be able they're out doing research. You know, their time in the lab might be 5 a.m. You know, if they're working at the cyclotron, there's these windows of time that they're going to get. And mm-hmm. so they need to be able to get to their research and be able to get home safely, easily, quickly, and and if they have a family, to have their family around them. So we're, we're balancing a lot of really diverse needs. Mm-hmm. And so another exciting thing about the site is its connectivity to campus because it's right there at the end of Shaw, which is really the main thoroughfare mm-hmm. of the university. And what our campus planner, Steve Troost, would tell you is what the campus Campus plan identifies as this is the thoroughfare for everything. And so it, it will help connect everything together. And, you know, the city of Lansing is talking about bus rapid transit. It would move these mm. students closer to that option to get them to downtown and to other grocery options. So and it's got the connectivity then to um, the train station. And with enhancements going on there, then they can also explore uh, the United States. And that's really exciting for our students as well. Yeah. Ridership was up on the Amtrak, uh, yeah. the, the the blue line. Yeah, a year-on-year increase. Uh, that was positive news. Yeah. Great. Yeah, not bad. So we're really excited, and we hope other people are as well. We're looking to open it um, sometime in 2017 um, mm. as we work with – we're hiring a construction manager right now. Mm. And after that construction manager is named, they can help us with 
ideas that might potentially speed up portions of the progress. Because mm. if we can get, you know, one building up and opened faster, we can start, you know, leasing that out and, and getting students in a really great spot. That's fantastic. So you're looking into the future, and that kind of makes me um, wonder about, you know, other trends for yeah, housing yeah. Uh, that, you know, both affect students and well, you know, we were just talking about, we've talked so much about millennials. For mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. we've been talking about, oh, millennials are different, millennials are this. Well, I'm here to tell you millennials are done. So They're done, are, they're extinct. They're oh, extinct. my God. Dinosaurs. I can't believe I haven't read about that. Gosh. Oh. As, as like a millennial Park. myself, I can tell you we're not extinct. We're still here. Oh. But oh. the students coming to school oh, now ghosts. are, are what um, the Futures Company, which is a group that we work with, um, International the, the, research firm. Um, the Futures Company. The Futures Company. Yeah. Very. Uh, they consult with. Um, we we use their True Monitor, which which uh, works with teens and twenty somethings, hmm. and um, they work with MTV and, and the NBA and NASCAR and hmm. McDonald's and anybody you can think of who needs to know what's going on with teens and twenty somethings. This is who they go to. Um, so they're telling us that the people who are coming now are centennials. Mm. And they're a smaller group, smaller cohort, cohort than the millennials were. Um, and, and it'll go about 17 years is, a, is about a generation, or it's the longest a generation has ever been. And these these students who are going to be coming now, they're, they're very flexible. And you have to think of they've grown up in a time where they've never seen an extended time of peace and prosperity. Mm-hmm. So their lives have been constant upheaval. Between Afghanistan war and and Iraq and nine eleven and the Great Recession, they've never seen the America that some people think of, mm-hmm. and so they they aren't as confident necessarily as the millennials. The millennials, we were the trophy generation. You know, everybody on the soccer team gets a trophy. Mm. Um, they were the teacup children. Um, don't they're so fragile, don't break them. And and they were the children with the helicopter parents who mm-hmm. hovered over and made sure that everything was perfect for them. And and whenever society swings in one direction, there's a swing back in the other direction. And so we're at the back in the other direction. And these children are being raised to really be independent and resilient and and they value experience over status. And so that's something that we think that the neighborhood engagement centers is really going to address for them. So they here at Michigan State, they can get a combination of experience and status because we're we've got this engagement center that kind of wraps around the student and offers them the um, the tutoring that they need to be academically successful, the academic advisor that that they want to talk to. We've got the nurse. We've got health and safety type stuff. We've you know you can go take a Zumba class. Um, so it's got all these resources and along with dining that are all right around the student, and so they have the convenience and the really rich experience. But then then they also have the wonderful status of Michigan State University, mm-hmm. and so we think that. That by doing this engagement center initiative, we've really positioned MSU for these centennials to be a really prime choice. It seems like I, I would love to get your estimate of kind of what how Michigan State University compares to some of the other universities, whether it be in the Big Ten or across the university, because it seems like we just have amazing residential uh, education resources, you know, the cafeterias, yeah. the residence halls are yeah. just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Well, when Benny came in in 2008, 
2007, we began a strategic planning process. Mm -hmm. And our 2008 strategic plan, which is online on the RHS website, if anyone wants to read it, feel free, rhs.msu.edu. Um, it, it really speaks to becoming a world-class organization because mm -hmm. everything around us here at MSU is world-class. And our housing and dining have to speak to that as well. We can't, mm -hmm. we can't sell just the education anymore. It has to be the entire experience because that's how students are shopping for a school, especially out-of-state students. Mm -hmm. It's a different – and international students. They're shopping in a different way than our domestic students are. And so – our dining halls, we were just ranked by Food Management Magazine as the number three power player in university food service. Mm. Um, Who's one and two? You know, I don't remember. I got so excited about us being three <laughs> that I quit paying attention. Uh, right. And one and two are very forgettable. Uh, and what does being a, being a power player mean? It means that that we're one of the organizations that people are looking to when they go, okay, this is this is what we want to do. Here's what Michigan State has done. Mm. And and so we're we're leading the way. In, in this industry. And the same thing with the engagement centers. Um, we've now got a grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We've got a grant from the Dow Foundation. Um, we're getting international press about what we're doing in the in the housing side. They're with that residential model, the living learning experience. And, you know, this was modeled for us for decades by the living learning colleges. And so we're just expanding that experience to the rest of our students and really giving them all students at whatever uh, demographic that they come to us from that same experience. And so it's definitely brought a level of prominence to to our programs. Yeah, I don't want to again bring up the water park, but uh, you know, I think that would that might push us up. I, I think that would probably push us two. over the edge, but yeah. um, I, I'm sorry to tell you, there's a school in Texas that's basically already done it. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lazy river at their apartment complex. Is this Texas? I think it's Texas Tech. I, I don't say. remember which you one. I don't remember. Uh, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. Was it A and M? Stefan's going to look it up. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to really be amenity driven mm -hmm. that especially a lot of the the apartment buildings that are growing up around us. Um, it was about amenities. And we're saying, you know what? We're never going to have hot tubs. We're never going to have. That's a really good decision. Beds. Yeah. <laughs> um, we may never be the most fun place to live, but we can be the best for your education. And we're, we're going to be a place where everything we do is about academic success. Mm -hmm. That's great. It is indeed Texas Tech University, uh, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, lazy river. Yeah. yeah we'll make yeah. them an offer. Yeah. But okay, <laughs> I, I mean, you, you do speak to one issue, which is, you know, I, I, I looking at a certain off-campus apartment complexes to other university towns they have put in hot tubs yeah. in the rooms yeah. etc and is that i mean what do you what do you think about about that versus you know more traditional kind of uh, dorms because there's, i think there's a debate right in terms of uh, maybe not with the amenities, but in terms of students who have gravitated towards these apartment complex style dorms mm -hmm. uh, versus more traditional uh, facilities where you're right across the, the corridor from your neighbor, more easily and readily able to engage uh, with them. Uh, do you, I mean, does, does, Arishis you know, I, I hate to compare those things because yeah. we, okay, we have 50,000 students here mm -hmm. and we are an incredibly diverse university. And our housing options 
not just on campus, but off campus as well, should be just as diverse as those students are. And so we know that there are some students who will live their one year with us and never look back. And that's okay. And and we've really come to a place where we're going, yeah, it, this is not the experience for every student, mm-hmm. but we want this to be the experience for the student who, who really wants to be academically successful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we did a market segmentation study and really looked at what is it our students need. And, and some of the results of that, we found this group of students who we called the educationally focused independent. And what's interesting about this student is they aren't the student in the Honors College, and they aren't the student in um, a living learning community. They aren't getting into Lyman Briggs or James Madison, which are wonderful, wonderful schools. Mm-hmm. Um, they're students who come from a more economically disadvantaged background, and they are likely going to school in order to make sure that they have a better life than their parents did. And so they aren't coming out of a high school that's going to give them that GPA or that accreditation that they need to get into one of those other areas, but they are incredibly focused on their education. And those are the students that we really want to talk to, and we really want to encourage them to continue to living to live on campus because our research, not just na- not just at MSU but nationally, has shown that students who live on campus for more than one year have a higher GPA and graduate faster. So for these students, it's it's about being in a better position to get a job, and it's about having to have less student debt, student loan debt, as they get out of school, and so they're just in a better position to succeed for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna we're not gonna compete on hot tubs. We're not. And frankly, in some ways, we're not going to be able to compete on price, um, although we do want to be affordable for our students, certainly. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is offer them the best experience to make sure that they head out into the world equipped for the rest of their lives. I do want to convey to the listeners the look of disappointment on Stefan's face <laughs> when you said that we're not going to compete on hot tubs. I, 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 I'm, Crestfallen would be the word I would use. I am dismayed uh, that uh, hot tub competitions will not be in, in the future, along with tanning bed relays. Sorry, sorry. Oh, you got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, do, I, hey, we're not, we're not saying those things are bad. We're just saying they're not for us. That's not part of our value set. Yeah, I don't know if this fits the larger conversation, but I'm going to tell this story and okay. we can edit it out later. I once <laughs> lived at a place uh, at a university, a different university in Michigan, and I lived at a, uh, in a, a let's call it a co-housing area. Okay. Uh, there was there was some Greekness to the, the whole okay. uh, aspect. Yeah. And I and we had a party one time and there we had a mobile had a hot social tub. event. Yeah, we had a social, social event. event. Uh, Mixer and part of the mixing uh, involved uh, two, I believe, no, it was a mo- one mobile hot tub. I didn't which realize you could get mobile hot tubs. <laughs> it was news to me too. Was it on wheels? Um, or in the back of a limo? Not in the back of a limo. Oh. I don't think it had wheels. I don't know how they got it in because it was it was sizable. <laughs> Uh, but for whatever reason, it, they didn't come collect it right away. Like they left it there for several weeks afterwards, oh. and mm. they also left us with one replacement filter which I somehow managed to be the person that changed that replacement filter oh. several weeks into it. Gross. And let me just say, stay away from hot tubs. Okay. That's the whole You've point. never been in one since? Uh, very few times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> under very specific circumstances. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of scared of that statement. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. Yeah. It was medical. No. Uh, <laughs> therapeutic hot tub therapy? Yeah. You know. <laughs> hmm. 
Moving Cat. on. Yes, Cat. Uh, uh, conversation no, killer. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no good way to segue uh, <laughs> from, from that. Uh, but uh, I think uh, one of the, the, the pieces that has been in the news recently, uh, uh, that's RHS related, is this uh, this whole uh, to-do with the usage of laundry to-do. Faci- to mm-hmm. It's a to-do. It's a palaver. It's, it's a row. My mother would say. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a row, really. <laughs> it could be quite a quarrel uh, about uh, the on-campus, uh, the, the non-resident potential use of laundry facilities. Right, right. Now, can you explain to the listeners what the decision was with laundry facilities mm-hmm. last year in terms of making them from correct, free, there's free. no extra charge. Uh, and then this business now of maybe non-residents, I'd like to use the term invading uh, uh, space uh, and, and using the facilities, rampaging. Uh, is that true? I, no, no. Okay, Ra- let's let's set the red st- record straight. There's no rampaging here. I think, I think we have <laughs> a sample size here of three or four. Mm. I mean, we're, we're talking well, about very, I, very small amounts of abuse of the system. And to be, to be fair, Stefan is a qualitative researcher. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, that could be a rampage in a garden shed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. In a garden shed, if people were actually carrying the laundry, it might be considered a rampage. You know, mm. this is something that, that came to our attention kind of anecdotally. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and, and of course, through the state news where the student identified themselves so I, that, hmm. that was an interesting decision. The, the non-resident user of facilities identified themselves uh, well, as... Well, you can't just walk in and do laundry. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to... Ha- if you live in the building, your Spartan ID is is activated to be able to swipe and use laundry in that building. Okay. So someone has to let you in. Someone okay. who lives in the building has to take you down there, give you their ID card, and let you do laundry. Mm. There's a process. Mm-hmm. It's not... Otherwise, I'd probably just bring my laundry from home and, you know, mm-hmm. typing up a newsletter doing some laundry. <laughs> um, but that's not how it works. And so whenever there's a system like this where there's a, a good benefit mm-hmm. to people, there's going to be some abuse of the system, period. I, I think we see that in plenty of aspects of, of university life. Um, we don't think it's as big of a problem as maybe that article might have made it seem mm-hmm. because – if there was students who live in in the hall, it's a community. You know who lives in the hall. You see them every day. If if you're going down to do your laundry and it's full of people who you don't know, mm-hmm. you're going to go tell someone because you want to do your laundry. Um, and and so it's really a community situation that we will have a community response to, um, and and go through that process in order to resolve issues like this. But. I think it's really a very, very small problem. I just, uh, sorry, when you think of, uh, when you say community response, uh, and again, the, the problem may be a lot more uh, minuscule in size than, than maybe was indicated, but I do literally think of people, uh, pitchforks and fires <laughs> and take, like hounding people. Uh, well, I uh, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Out like Frankenstein. No, I think this is going to be more like uh, people in the community, if this is happening mm-hmm. more and more, they're going to be noticing um, and they're going to be saying something. And we have a judicial process in in the halls that mm-hmm. we can utilize to make sure that people are following our community guidelines. And one potential sanction is you would lose your water park privileges. <laughs> <laughs> your non-existent water park privileges. Well, I think that, again, that threat would probably everybody would straighten up and fly right. <laughs> that, I mean, I don't want to say I told you so. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Cat, like, uh, I think the last question on my end, uh, at least, might be, 
if you look to the future of uh, 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 of RHS and what what uh, listeners can expect from from the dorms and from the cafeterias or or, or the services, what, what the what, residence halls and dining halls? Uh, yes, they, thank you so much. Thank You're you welcome. for making me sound uh, more literate uh, than I truly uh, am. Uh, what uh, what can what can uh, they expect? Um, well, we're we're to the end of our dining master plan, okay. and so now it's time to look. We've we've renovated. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get the number wrong. But we've renovated a number of mm-hmm. dining halls. So it started with the gallery at Snyder Phillips. It extended to Brody, um, Riverwalk Market at Owen, um, Snyder, um, sorry, Case, um, uh, Shaw. Shaw. And now we're working on Acres. Mm-hmm. And Acres is going to open in January. And that will be the last of our large dining halls that we have a plan to renovate. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time to look at our retail offerings. So the food truck has been wildly successful. Mm. I love oh. that food truck. Uh, yeah. Cheeseburgers. The oh. cheeseburger. Have you eaten at the food truck? No. Oh. Are you, are I stay inside too much. Well, Ed, you got to come over and have some food truck with me and Stefan one day. Yeah. yeah. It's get get outside more. Guaranteed. Uh, it's yeah. pretty good. I'm that, pale. That cheeseburger. It's award-winning cheeseburger. An award-winning cheeseburger? And it's local. It's MSU beef. What? MSU dairy cheese. Um uh, student organic farms greens. Oh, that's so good. And a oh. bread smith bun. Ooh. It is totally local. What are you guys doing right now? <laughs> they're they're not open. They close after lunch and they'll reopen for <laughs> late night. Okay. Um but oh, it is so good. Um so how do we address more student needs through retail operations? Um and dining uh, it, we've been wildly successful mm-hmm. with our dining program. I think you can see community members in most of our dining halls especially on the weekends. It's very, very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, we went mm-hmm. from doing almost no faculty staff meal plans to thousands and thousands of faculty staff meal plans. And, and we're really proud of that because it means that we're creating a dining space in a community that um, that serves all of MSU and not just our students. And um, students come back and it used to be that we would get calls of, why is my child living in Brody? And now the calls are, why isn't my child living in Brody? <laughs> oh. and, and we went. We say we went from the Brojex to Brodeo Drive. Ooh. <laughs> I That's didn't a make pamphlet. that up. I didn't make that up. I just am repeating it. Let me be clear. Um, but in the future, we we have some very large residence halls that are going to need some work. We've got mm-hmm. acres, you know, which we're doing some things too, but. But there's going to be more infrastructure things that we have to do. Um, we call them kind of our high-rise buildings, some mm. of the taller ones. And there's also West Circle. And we really – that area is beloved by alumni, by current mm-hmm. students. And so it's really important that we keep the flavor of West Circle really pure. And so we're going to be looking at how we renovate those in a in a responsible manner and and how we do it in a fiscally responsible manner as well and mm-hmm. how do we raise the money to do that because in order to do all of these things we we've taken on some debt and so as our debt service increases each year um you know you get more debt and then you have to pay more um interest mm-hmm. on the debt um how do we continue to generate more revenue in order to touch those buildings because we can't just walk away from them, nor would we want to. So the, that's what we're looking at next. Um, but I don't have any answers as what we will see. It's mm-hmm. still in a, an investigative process. 
Is is fundraising a possibility, Kat? You know, I think anything's on the table right now. We were we were going to have people come watch you sing, dance. That would raise not money to get any infrastructure projects <laughs> yeah. done. It would raise maybe enough money for a showerhead in acres. <laughs> Why don't Sorry. we raise money by not getting him not to sing and dance? That, that hey, if that works, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think fundraising's on the table, but at the moment we don't have the um, the processes in place to make that possible. Okay, so it's not it sort of wasn't built into the, the billion and a half nope, raise. No, nope, not part of the billion and a half. Okay, but we we know that there are former RAs out there, especially uh, former students that had wonderful experiences in our residence halls and dining halls, and some of them have given us money. Um, mm-hmm. And so we want to create perhaps a better way for them to be able to do that. Mm. In the future, yeah, you'd think. Uh, you know, I mean, I, again, I hear uh, so many people talk about their their experiences in in the residence halls. Even students who live off campus now, you know, a sample of one maybe, like in, in terms of anecdotally. But you know, my girlfriend will talk fondly about her time at West Circle Drive. Her sister lives in Landon right now, mm. uh, and uh, uh, you know, surely that would be a potential. Uh, you know, Paulette talks about cultivating donors. Last time yeah. when we were talking about the fundraising campaign, surely that would be a good area to cultivate from obviously the problem is if you cultivate from one area does that detract from another right and that's certainly not what we want to do but i think there's definitely an opportunity Mm -hmm. for donors who have that emotional connection to the residence halls and maybe even to a specific floor or a specific room to come together and and i think the obama campaign really showed us that micro donation can be really effective you know you got to crowdfund basically the renovations might be an option Mm -hmm. and so does someone want to pay to renovate the room that they lived in their freshman year Mm. maybe we don't know we haven't explored that so we i think it's on the list it's on the table but we don't have any concrete plans at this point did you live on campus at any point? Kim? You know what? I did not go to undergrad here. Okay. So I did not. I came as a graduate student, and so I lived with my aunt in Lansing. But at my undergraduate institution, I did live on campus. I lived on campus um, for three years. And for me, it was a really seminal experience. And I think that's what makes me so passionate about what we do in RHS now. Um, it's where I met some of my dearest friends. Um, we just had a wonderful time. And it's a very it's a very different place than MSU. Mm-hmm. Um I, I went to a Baptist college in the mountains, dry campus, dry county. Um, mm. Friday nights, we would play dominoes in the hallway of our residence hall. And we thought that was a really good time. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was a little different experience. But talking to people who lived on campus at MSU, it's the same camaraderie. It's the same sort of um, experience where you're all in something together. And it's a really exciting, different time in your life. And you're looking to explore and and uh, that makes me really excited about what we do in RHS. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you as, as a closing note that I'm willing to crowdfund, solely fund, partly fund, <laughs> solely fund, Whoa. solely fund the water park? part of mm. never the water park, mm. <laughs> solely fund part of the oven that the carved sirloin roast at Brody's made out of uh, <laughs> every other Sunday. Mm. I love that roast. I, mm. I will tell you more than life itself. Well, you know, we now have a meat smoker at Landon. Uh, oh. Yeah. 
Landon's wonderful, actually. The, the food diversity there and the spices and what they're able to do, superb stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the the, the, uh, the layout and how it has been renovated, I think, is very uh, tastefully. Right. Tasty it has enough. a wonderful historic feeling. We mm-hmm. looked, We had a town hall meeting earlier today with Venny, and we threw up a picture of the old Landon Dining Hall, mm. and then we had a picture of the new Landon Dining Hall. And the difference is marked. Mm. But the new one, if you never saw it before you might go, yeah, this has always been here mm-hmm. because it's really got that flavor. And, you know, it's got a library feel as a nod to Linda Landon, who mm-hmm. was the first li- first female librarian on campus. Mm. And so it, it has wonderful connections to West Circle and to the university. And it, it's just a really great place. And like you said, the food is wonderful as well. Loving that food. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. I'll I've confirm. seen him. Yep. <laughs> seen him at the cafeteria. See where I fall in that market segmentation survey. Yeah. yeah. I believe that was a high-income social diner. So. Uh, I want to clarify for the listeners, that is relative high-income social <laughs> diner, or at least in my mind, I'm a high-income social diner. Mm-hmm. Not in pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Well, Ms. Cooper, thank you for yeah. being with us. Um, do so we wanna, for having me. Do you want to talk about uh, the, the coming week ahead a little bit? or? Yes. Uh, I think, Kat, you have something you wish to yes. plot. Yes, coming up in December, December, let me get the actual date because if I don't look it up, I'll say the wrong thing, is the Arts and Crafts Show that happens annually, the holiday version, at the MSU Union. It's on December 6th and 7th, and this is the 51st year of the Arts and Crafts Show at the Union, Um, and the holiday version is my personal favorite. I remember actually coming here as a a young person and Mm -hmm. and being crowded into a... uh, into a stairwell behind my mom trying to get to the next booth. And it's, it's just a good memory I have. Um, but you might think that arts and crafts are for like little old ladies. But <laughs> no. There is some really great photography, great local Michigan-made products, great regionally-made products. And it's a really good opportunity to come and do some Christmas shopping and mm-hmm. get something for the difficult-to-shop-for people on your list. Um, it's always one of my stops during the holiday season. And it also – the money raised goes to support goes to support free student activities. Okay. And, and so it helps support the University Activities Board who does – 300 plus events a year for students and mm, mm-hmm. and so it's a really great cause besides being a really fun time uh, ed uh, do you want your uh, holiday present uh from from me from uh from there yeah 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 what what, uh, what do you like snowman pin yeah um well i don't want another tie this year you've given me a tie every <laughs> year and I appreciate it, but... Um, Someone has been sending those on my behalf. Because okay. <laughs> I've literally never bought you a present. All right, well, I thought we were just going to go along with it. But yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm cutting it off right now. Just I don't give, wanna, just give I, me, there's no rapport here. <laughs> give me something crafty. I'll, I'll be happy with that. Fantastic. Ed, do you have anything you wish to uh, plug? I do. I was going to uh, try and find the exact dates coming up, but um, we have been a part of the... Uh, glad you mentioned the UAB, the University Activities Board. Uh, we've been uh, working with them on their open mic nights, which are yeah. Tuesdays. Uh, every other Tuesday from 8 to 11 uh, in the main, uh, main lounge. lounge in the Union. And um, some of the MSU student radio folks help host that. And it's been a really cool yeah. partnership if, so far. If you haven't seen the renovated Union, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it is, it's hopping. We've made it the late night location mm. uh, for dining. So with a swipe of your of your meal plan, you can get into the food court there. Um, after 8 p.m. weeknights, and it's all you care to eat, and there's gelato. 
I care oh, to eat a lot, a lot actually. Of, usually, yeah. yeah. And um, really, really, apparently, the chicken fingers are delicious. I don't, a student told me this. Um, and I believe it's bomb. Is the da bomb? Da I think bomb. was was the phrase used. Um, and then the Spartan Spirit Shop just has some of the coolest gear on campus. If you're looking for Spartan gear, the Union's just a really fun place to be right now. It's really mm-hmm. hopping. We'll serve as many as 800 students. During late night there at the Union. Right. Um, and then the UAB is putting on great activities all the time, like open mic night. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a, it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. So look at that. She, even, she couldn't help plugging my plug. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I do. Yeah. Plus one. Yeah, you're nailing it. Thank Just you. Encouraging everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, an event that uh, uh, I feel like leads little encouragement for people to go to because it attracts over eighty thousand people to the Holy capital crap. city every oh. year. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big number. Uh, uh, is the annual Silver Bells in the City uh-huh. uh, uh, festival in downtown Lansing t- uh, the thirtieth annual? Uh, uh, not as impressive as fifty-first, but I'm going for thirty <laughs> uh, on uh, Friday, November the twenty-first, from five p.m. till nine. PM features the lighting of the state tree, uh, which is currently, uh, as of recording this podcast, uh, uh, already up. So yeah. by the time it'll be definitely up, uh, <laughs> still. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Unless someone's taken it down, right. which would be awkward. Yeah. I had that happen to one tree one year oh. in my house. So it was less oh. damage than if the state tree fell. Right, well, right. Um, so that uh, features the the parade, the lighting of the the tree, and usually a Disney Disney musical act of some sort. Yeah, right. you noticed that, right? I have noticed that. Cody yeah. something, yeah. Zach so and so, right? Without an H, Zach without an H. Yeah, but it was never like Hannah Montana. It was like it was on Disney's like. E channel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, e-, 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 e list, E list, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, definitely a good time though. Uh, wrap up warm and uh, have some hot chocolate. It's always fun. My husband's yeah. going to be in the parade this year. Oh, really? Yes, oh. yes. He's going to be dressed as a character. Can you tell us which character or is that? He will be Buddy the Elf. Oh, oh, I don't know that that's an official elf. <laughs> there are unofficial elves running around everywhere. Well, it's the Will Ferrell character from oh. the elf movie because, oh. you know, he's six feet something tall. That so. is charming. Yeah. I can't wait to see it personally. This is your husband, by the way, who wrote the uh, intro song or intro <laughs> jingle for us. Yeah, totally. Yes. That intro by the, jingle. By the time this will have aired, he will have done that. <laughs> now that he will have heard about it. Yeah. I'll tell him about that. That's great. Unless we keep in the original intro jingle, which we sang, which yep. we don't ever want to besmirch your husband's good name with. Really. Yeah. If you use that, no, nothing I'm to fine. do with it. I'm fine. I don't mind smirching. <laughs> well, you have uh, weathered the storm and you've oh, made it through. And completely yay. another edition of Red Cedar Ranker with uh, our very wonderful guest, Ms. Cat Cooper. Thank you so much for having me. And my very wonderful co-sidekick slash co-host. <laughs> au-, au revoir. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Fletcher <laughs> Mr. Dr. Fletcher thank you for being with us again Hi, thank you I uh, like showing up so. yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of your very wonderful qualities <laughs> showing up, <laughs> showing up. Uh, from MSU Student Radio I'm Ed Glazer and we'll see you next time thanks <laughs>